electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed... Lieutenant Joseph Glinowitz is a small-town cop gunned down in the line of duty. It was real scary. Things like that don't happen in Fox Lake. As police search for three suspects, the community mourns the loss of a leader. Everybody who knew Joe just loved him and adored him. There were tons of little kids holding signs with his picture on it. They looked up to him as a hero. Everybody did. But when the investigation hits a dead end, all eyes turn to the officer himself and the youth group he runs. Going! There you go! It's supposed to develop the next generation of cops. But has G.I. Joe, as he's known, lost his moral compass? Is this hero merely enriching himself? The lieutenant is a Jekyll and Hyde. Who could have foretold that this was going to happen? That he would hatch this kind of scheme? And how far would he go to protect his image? It's one thing to steal money. It's another thing to cheat on your wife. It's another thing to try to kill somebody. It's the morning of September 1st, 2015 in Fox Lake, Illinois. Summer is winding down in this sleepy town on the outskirts of the Chicago suburbs. Lieutenant Joseph Glenowitz is driving into the Fox Lake Police Department to start his daily shift. A 30-year veteran of the force, Lieutenant Joe is just a month away from retirement. But before he can make it into the office, at 7.52 a.m., Glenowitz makes a detour. He spots some suspicious men and wants to investigate. The concrete plant is in a secluded part of town, a wooded area hidden behind an industrial park and bordering a large swamp. Three minutes after his initial call, Glinowitz radios in again. 7-4-10-4, Within minutes, backup officers are on the scene. They find Joe's car parked on a gravel road, but there's no sign of the three suspicious men or Lieutenant Glenowitz. 7-11. Officers report that the scene is quiet. The only sound is the wind rustling through the trees. Suddenly, a distant muffled gunshot breaks the silence. Officers try to radio Lieutenant Glenowitz. 740, what's your location? Looks like unit 6740, checking your status. There's no reply. Is that a 
Officers don't see any suspects or hear any more gunshots. Like units on honing, checking status on 6740. Guns drawn, the cops head toward the swamp, where they think the gunshot came from. After a couple of minutes of searching, their worst fear is confirmed. 1032, we got an officer down. Officer down, 6732, officer down at the swamp. Joe Glinowitz is dead. Everybody you possibly can, um, officer is down. Officers say the lieutenant is found in the tall grass and his gun is missing from the holster. He was face down. And when they turned him over, blood was coming from his mouth and nose. Officers find Joe's pepper spray on a path off the gravel road. It's been opened and used. His nightstick lies just a few feet away from the mace. It appears the lieutenant was in some kind of fight. As for the three men that Joe was pursuing, they vanished without a trace. It was a really frenzied sense that they thought they had a cop killer on the loose. Phil Rogers is a reporter for NBC5 in Chicago. We've got three suspects, we've got a description on them, and they must be carrying the officer's weapons so they're armed. Police officers swarm the village, searching for the killers. Subjects are to be considered armed and dangerous. A perimeter is set up, roads are closed, and the community is put on high alert. We're asking residents in the Fox Lake area to please be on the alert if they see anything suspicious to dial 911 immediately. My daughter came bursting in and she's like, Mom, there's a killer on the loose. Ruth Hogan owns a jewelry store on Fox Lake's main drag. And she's like, I just heard on the scanner that, you know, a policeman has been shot and he's dead. Fox Lake is a small town just over 10,000 residents. The shocking news spreads like wildfire. My daughter was panic-stricken. I mean, I've never seen her like that. She was yelling at me, we've got to lock the doors, we've got to lock the doors. Within the hour, the town is overrun by law enforcement. When you shoot a police officer, that pushes the on switch, and it pours in resources. It's an automatic response. The manhunt was absolutely insane. Daily Herald reporter Lee Filas. I've never seen that many police officers or even that many law enforcement agencies in one small area. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. 
See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. More than 400 officers joined the hunt, including state police, county sheriffs, U.S. Marshals, the ATF, and the FBI. We are using many resources. Uh, we're using numerous air units to search from above and look below. We're using numerous canine units that are trying to sniff out and grab a hold of the scent of the offenders. It was like something out of Vietnam where a helicopter would land and a couple guys would jump off and a couple guys would jump back on and the helicopter would take off again. I've never seen anything like it. It was like a movie playing out right in front of you. There was every cop car, every police officer from all over was showing up. At first, Hogan doesn't know who the fallen officer is. She frantically works the phones to find out any more information. After two tension-filled hours, a friend tells her the news. Her first words out of her mouth were, it's Joe. And I, I couldn't believe it. it. If anybody, it, it wouldn't be Joe. And we all just sat and cried. Ruth has been friends with Glenowitz for over 25 years. She says the officer is well known throughout the community. Joe was a great guy. He was friends with everybody. I mean, at every town event, Joe was there, and Joe was there protecting everybody. He was a cop's cop. He was just this larger-than-life, I am the great American hero cop, and he portrayed it every day. Glenowitz cuts an imposing figure. Many know him as G.I. Joe. I mean, he drove around in, in a Humvee. He wore combat boots and fatigues uh, most of the time. That haircut, you had that, you had that jarhead haircut going on. <laughs> so he was really G.I. Joe. Residents began pouring into the streets to show their support for the fallen officer. Tonight, not only did Fox Lake lose a family member, I lost a very dear friend. Our community is having a very difficult time. Many residents remember him as someone deeply committed to Fox Lake, to the profession and his fellow officers. Ruth and her daughters dutifully join in the public mourning. Everybody was hugging each other and we were all crying and we all couldn't believe that this was happening. Fox Lake's a very close community. It became a situation where the entire town needed to lean on one another for, you know, comfort. A massive manhunt underway right now for the three sons. The manhunt makes national news. Lieutenant Charles Joseph Glenowitz gunned down. His alleged killer still on the loose. We're all kind of hoping that something happens soon and they catch these people. I believe Fox Lake had no idea how to handle it because there's so much media and they're just this little town. All of Chicagoland is on the lookout for the suspected cop killers. But by late afternoon, despite the overwhelming police presence, the cops still haven't found any suspects. At the very beginning, a lot of us were saying, you had a perimeter set up so quickly, how could they have gotten away? They know they're there because Glenowitz said they were there, and Glenowitz is dead. So somebody must have shot him but yet they couldn't find anybody. The grapevine makes for a toxic environment. Everybody that came through my doors at the jewelry store 
you know, you, you wondered, you questioned. Everybody was pointing the finger at somebody else saying that this person did it here, you know. There was never a time when I believe police did not get a tip from somebody saying that maybe you want to look at this person. By nightfall, the manhunt is still in full force, but no arrests are ever made. Residents waiting for any good news head home disappointed. At any minute, we thought they were going to come over and tell us we caught them. And it was going to be a celebration. And then when that didn't happen, it was scary. I always sleep with a nine millimeter. And that night, I had it under my pillow. Throughout the years of 2014 and 2015, several high-profile police shootings dominate the news. Who is Mike Brown? American cities like Ferguson, Missouri, Baltimore, and Chicago become battle zones. The Black Lives Matter movement protests what they perceive as unfair treatment by police. In September 2015, some believe the murder of Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz is a backlash. Now, police are the targets. Now, some of this is the current atmosphere and thinking that law enforcement had been sincerely violated, and people got caught up in the fervor of that. Yep, Blue Lives Matter. And that's not just for Joe, that's for all our police officers. They put their lives on the line every day. Tammy Rivette works in a sign shop in Fox Lake. To show her support for Lieutenant Joe, she begins printing signs and stickers to honor the fallen hero. Myself, my husband, my other co-workers at the time walked around passing out the stickers and signs. We wanted people to have something. Thousands of signs blanket the community. They were literally everywhere you looked. We couldn't make them fast enough. The signs helped build the legend of Lieutenant Joe. Suddenly, you had this hero cop that everybody suddenly just lionized. We would run into people up there that said, well, I didn't really know him and I'd really never heard of him, but what I've learned about him now, I'm really impressed with him. The outpouring of grief is tremendous. The night after Glinowitz's death, a candlelight vigil is held in his honor. It was probably the saddest thing I'd ever been to. There wasn't a dry eye there. The outpouring of love for Joe was unbelievable. We love you, Joe. Glenowitz leaves behind a widow and four sons. Joe was my best friend, my world, my hero, the love of my life for the last 26 and a half years. She brought her boys and she was talking. That really got me. You know, somebody's husband was taken, somebody's father was taken. That's the real tragedy. Joe's funeral is an overwhelming event. Mourners pile into a local high school for the memorial service. When we were growing up, we all knew Joe was a hero. But now the nation knows he's a hero. The funeral procession is witnessed by thousands. Fellow officers travel from as far away as California and New York to pay their respects. This one was off the charts of the outpouring of support from the law enforcement community from around the United States. 
The governor of Illinois orders flags to be flown at half-mast. Joe is memorialized at a Chicago Bears football game and honored on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Lieutenant Glenowitz really made a difference in his life. It is sad to lose him. But while the community bonds over their fallen hero, there is still a sense of danger in the air. The police have yet to catch any suspects. Then as the days had gone on and they still weren't finding them, then we thought, okay, where were they? Did they get into somebody's house? And that's when the police were going door to door on people's roofs. I mean, it was, it was scary. It was like wartime. False calls are routine. One woman says she spots the killers just outside of town. Two people jumped out of a, out of a cornfield and tried to get into her car, but it turned out it wasn't them, and the, the story was completely made up. One night I sat listening to the scanner as the helicopters were closing in on a suspect, and then it was a deer. I was like, no. To help crack the case of Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz's death, the Lake County Major Crimes Task Force descends on Fox Lake, Illinois. Comprised of police officers from surrounding communities, they hold press conferences nearly every day. Two days after the crime, they publicly announce they found Joe's gun. There were some questions asked about a weapon recovered yesterday. Uh, I can confirm today that it was uh, the officer's weapon that was recovered at the scene. The gun is discovered in the weeds near the lieutenant's body. The news contradicts earlier reports that the suspects made off with the murder weapon. His gun was taken. Where did his gun go? Then all of a sudden, oh, well, they found it in the bushes. Then they found it next to him. We had no idea what to believe. Dr. Thomas Rudd is the Lake County coroner. He says foreign DNA is discovered on the weapon, but it's inconclusive. The only DNA that was in the officers was at the base of the clip, but it wasn't in the DNA registry of criminals in this country. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch body plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Investigators get one of their best leads when they locate surveillance tapes from homes and businesses in the vicinity of the crime scene. 
I think we're optimistic about all of these videos right now because there are different cameras that are putting a storyline together. The cameras allegedly capture images of the men that match the lieutenant's description. But the excitement is short-lived. In the following days, those men are located and questioned by police. They're local day workers, and they have a solid alibi. They were eating breakfast when Glenowitz was killed. It turns out the three people were not the people that were involved in this. One of them had a receipt with a timestamp on it showing that they were in a different location. Despite early dead ends, the investigation finally makes inroads when the task force examines Glenowitz himself. Lieutenant Joe is the leader of the Fox Lake Explorers, a Boy Scout offshoot that teaches teens the basics of law enforcement. The community of Fox Lake loved the Explorers. I mean, it was a bunch of kids who were learning how to become police officers. The Explorers meet weekly at the old Lions Club building in downtown Fox Lake. Each week was different, so like one week we would have a classroom portion. Like one of them could have been about gun safety or how to clear a room, officer safety, traffic stops, anything like that. Jennifer Anderson is a former explorer. She's also the former girlfriend of Joe's son, DJ. She says Lieutenant Joe is nothing less than an ideal role model. I lost my dad when I was younger, and Joe kind of filled the dad void that I needed. And he was like that with a lot of explorers. It wasn't just me. She says Joe is strict, but dedicated to the teens he works with. We started this evolution three months ago. <laughs> trained and we trained hard. That speaks volumes about you guys. <laughs> he really wanted to get kids in the neighborhood that were on drugs or getting in trouble. He wanted to change people's lives. But Joe has a unique way of running the explorers. The former army sergeant places heavy emphasis on military techniques. Keep going, there you go. Explorers are trained in SWAT tactics. He had effectively created this sort of militia. Go, 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 go. Police, come on up! Police, come on up! Big boy, boy! And observers of that say that it was just going off in weird tangents. Imagine that in eight by 10 room, folks. What was the delay on that? That is flipping loud. Far more extreme than it needed to. Rather than just exposing kids to law enforcement, this was flak jacket, SWAT team, helmet wearing stuff. Very extreme. The military gear comes courtesy of the government program known as LESO, the Law Enforcement Support Office. The program is designed to divert surplus military gear to local police departments. The LESO program thinks it's sending this stuff to the Fox Lake Police. The Fox Lake Police never saw it. Investigators say Glenowitz often forges the police chief's signature to obtain the gear. He was obtaining ridiculous amounts of materials. Helmets, flag jackets, radios, body armor, you name it, he was getting it. We went into that basement and found boxes and boxes of stuff that it looked to us like it had never even been opened. And the question is, what was he gonna do with it? As for the Explorer's operating budget, the group is swimming in cash. From 2008 to 2015, more than $250,000 passes through the program. 
Boy Scout programs, uh, scouting programs, always operate on a shoestring. But this one was getting a lot of money and, and was operating at a much higher level. So Joe would go out and raise money, and every year businesses would write a $500 check to the Explorers. And it just, I mean, it just continued on for years and years and years. For nearly 30 years, Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz appears to be a model officer. But after his death, investigators dive into his official police file and find a much different story. I was absolutely shocked by it. There was many, many things were being said in there and many complaints about Joe that none of us ever knew. Joe is suspended at least five times in his career and is accused of violating numerous rules and regulations. He used his squad car for an out-of-state vacation. He allowed friends to use the village gas pumps. He once got in an argument with a police dispatcher, and she says he threatened to put, quote, three bullets in my chest. If you go back and you look at the personnel file, you, especially in the later years, don't see a lot of examples of amazing law enforcement feats. The file also contains a letter written to the mayor in 2009 by a group of anonymous Fox Lake cops. The officers complain about the lieutenant's appalling behavior. They said that he was uh, conducting himself in a manner that was not befitting of a police officer, that he was drinking at all hours in bars. He was known to go out at night and get reboringly drunk. He was found once passed out in his truck with his foot on the gas pedal and revving the car up when they found him. The officers say Joe groped women's breasts at Christmas parties and had an inappropriate sexual relationship with a subordinate. He was kind of a serial fornicator. He pressured, I know, one officer uh, into uh, sexual favors to one female officer. He was known to have many a mistress within the town. It was far from the image of this G.I. Joe character that he had cultivated to the public. The, these were allegations of sexual impropriety, of debauchery in public. In addition to Joe's behavior at the police department, investigators discover there's trouble at the Explorer's Post. What they found was that there were some financial issues that were going on. There was missing money from the Fox Lake Police Explorer's Unit. Bank records show Glenowitz uses Explorer funds for his own personal needs. He spends the cash on dinners, vitamin supplements, gym memberships, and porn. Some of the allegations are almost comical. Uh, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, movie tickets, clothing, adult websites, dating sites. The biggest expenses are a nearly $8,000 trip to Hawaii and a $15,000 student loan payment. Over a seven-year period, investigators officially say Joe's theft reaches five digits. Sources tell American Greed that the total could be as much as $80,000. He had nothing to show for it. It's not like he went out and bought an 80-inch TV or something. Like, it was, you wouldn't even tell. I don't think to this day anybody alleges that he was getting rich off of this. There was just a suggestion that there was improper use of the funds. The FBI recovers text messages from Glinowitz's cell phone. They learn that in 2014, a change at City Hall threatens Joe's cash flow. Fox Lake brings in a new administrator, Ann Marin, to manage the village expenses. Marin requests audits of various departments, including the police, 
and the Fox Lake Explorers. Ann Marin had done something very simple. She had called him in and said, I want to see some accounting for the equipment and for the funds. Not a radical thing to say at all. Joe sends numerous texts to friends and family. Investigators say the texts from this period show that Joe is in a panic. Joe Glenowitz in the text messages makes clear that he is no friend of Ann Mirren and in fact sees her as a big, big threat. One message reads, she hates me and I've never said more than three sentences to her the year she's been here. If she gets a hold of the old checking account, I'm pretty well f***ed. In another text message, Joe is worried about money he loaned to his son. He was asking for money from his son to pay back the Explorer account or you would be visiting me in prison. As Joe's paranoia grows, investigators say he considers extreme solutions to his problems. Texts show he contemplates arresting Ann Marin for a DUI and possibly planting things on her. When the task force searched the lieutenant's office in a desk drawer, they located a small quantity of cocaine. So the question is, is it mishandling of evidence or uh, was there another intention with it? Another text shows Joe wants to hire a hitman. Lieutenant Glenowitz had reached out to a third party, uh, and the tone of those text messages was to contact a high-level motorcycle gang member. They were going to kill the administrator of Fox Lake and dump her body in the Volo Bog, and they were going to plant a large bag of cocaine on her to make it look like a drug deal gone bad. The Volo Bog is a dense and secluded wetland just south of Fox Lake. Ann Marin has no idea what she's unleashed. It's amazing that something so routine kind of set this whole thing in motion. It's one thing to steal money, okay? It's another thing to cheat on your wife. It's another thing to try to kill somebody. On November 4th, 2015, two long months after Lieutenant Joe's death, the Lake County Major Crimes Task Force has finally come to a conclusion. Residents are hopeful the police have made a breakthrough. Did they finally catch the killers? Unfortunately, the task force has much different news. This extensive investigation has concluded with an overwhelming amount of evidence that Glenowitz's death was a carefully staged suicide. We have determined this staged suicide was the end result of extensive criminal acts that Glenowitz had been committing. Investigators say the proof lies in the lieutenant's bank records and more than 6,500 pages of text messages. There are no winners here. Glenowitz committed the ultimate betrayal to the citizens he served and the entire law enforcement community. Anne Marin is stunned to learn of her role in the drama and that she was a target. It's a very scary thought that an officer who is sworn to uphold the law would even attempt to think to do something like that to an administrator. The criminal accusations devastate the community. Joe's friends have trouble processing the news. Dad is not the guy I knew. You're just like, where the hell did that come from? That's kind of like really crazy. Our heads were spinning. What do you believe? They got it wrong. They had to have gotten it wrong. They need to do some more investigating. That's your thought. Many refuse to believe the official line. Friend of Joe Glinowitz, Tammy Rivette. 
I'm not denying he didn't take money. Of course he took the money. Proof is there. Um, would Joe have killed himself over it? Not a chance. He wouldn't, he wouldn't leave his boys. He wouldn't do that. Joe's supporters want to believe anything other than the task force findings. There's still a lot of people out there who believe that, you know, it's conspiracy theory and, you know, cops are hiding something and all this other stuff. Maybe he was assassinated. Maybe he was killed by his fellow officers. Maybe he was killed by some folks he put in jail and they were seeking revenge. All of those scenarios were being floated. But suicide has been one of the leading theories since that fateful day. Police reports show that one of the first responders immediately suspected suicide. Former explorer Jennifer Anderson says, just hours after the incident, friends on the police force quietly told her Joe killed himself. So that was really hard to keep my mouth shut because at that point, I really wasn't supposed to know. Nobody really was supposed to know except the people involved in the investigation. But if suicide was so strongly suspected, why did the investigation take so long? And why did police allow the manhunt to continue? The first day of the search alone cost over $200,000 in police resources. The final cost is likely close to $1 million in total manpower. The coroner has his suspicions. Law enforcement tried to cover up a suicide and make a dirty cop a hero. This is just my thoughts, I can't prove it. The task force disputes this accusation. According to the group's commander, thorough police work takes time, especially in a case involving the death of a fellow officer. We don't jump to conclusions or assumptions. Based on the information that we had, we proceeded as this was a homicide. By creating a smokescreen, Glinowitz successfully delays the exposure of his criminal deeds. He could have just killed himself, okay? But instead, he went to so much trouble to, to make it look like a crime so that they would investigate it. I'm sure, in, in many ways, he felt that if he was gunned down in the line of duty and, and received a giant funeral, and you know, that's the way he wanted to go out. Commander Falenko says suicide didn't become a viable theory until investigators retrieved the text messages from Joe's phone nearly six weeks after his death. We had no indication that there was any type of financial issues whatsoever until we started getting those text messages and then putting all the pieces together. He went from hero to zero based on his actions. After the task force announcement, the death of Joe Glinowitz appears to raise more questions than answers. One of the biggest mysteries is that Joe's body shows he was actually shot two times. The one thing that always bothered me throughout the entire investigation was when you're committing a suicide, you don't shoot yourself twice. But investigators believe Joe did indeed shoot himself twice that day. Lake County Coroner Tom Rudd walks us through the crime scene. The first piece of evidence is the setting itself. It's an area that the lieutenant was very familiar with. This is where G.I. Joe educated and trained his explorers to look for people and to do various tactical exercises. G.I. Joe knows this area like the back of his hand. The coroner says Glenowitz parks his car then walks to the woods at the edge of the swamp. And at this point, he activates his mace. 
He pops it, shoots it, and then drops it. Then he goes down this way into the brush, and around here, he drops his baton. He knew that he had to essentially take them off the scent, so what did he do? He created a sign of a struggle. After setting the scene, the coroner says Joe draws his gun and pointed at his lower right abdomen. He fires a shot into his bulletproof vest of the right side. It penetrates the vest and goes in, but does not hit or break the skin. It does cause a bruising. Investigators say the shot is the equivalent of being hit with a sledgehammer. But Benowitz is in remarkable shape for his age and endures the pain. He's going to go down. He's going to be woozy. He's going to take at least three to five minutes to recoup from that shot. After regaining his composure, he then makes the initial radio call. By the time officers are on the scene, the coroner says Glenowitz is deep into the swamp and prepared to fire the second shot. He takes his gun, sticks it under his vest to about two to three inches, aims it in the heart uh, major vessel region, shoots himself, hits the pulmonary artery. He's drowning in his own blood, but he's still conscious. So he can toss the gun several feet away and fall forward and die. The coroner says Joe's uniform and vest are still roll call tight, and his body shows no signs of a struggle. There were no defensive wounds on him whatsoever. In other words, he wasn't fighting to try to prevent somebody from putting a gun under his vest and shooting him. First responders report hearing the fatal shot, but specifically say they never hear any other noises, nor do they see any paths through the thick swamp grass. If somebody had shot him, where were they? What noise were they making? This is very, very thick brush. You're going to hear crunching and cracking, and especially if you try to move fast to do a getaway. As for the three suspects mentioned in the radio call, the coroner believes Glenowitz spotted them on the street that morning. He knows that there were these three day workers that walked by this area. So when he made the call in, uh, he knew there would be somebody here that they could pursue. He had gone to so much trouble, and all of this was because he knew what the response would be. His plan worked perfectly. As for the foreign DNA found on Joe's gun, it could belong to anyone. They have since learned that Glenowitz liked to give it to people to hold, show it off. You know, hey, you want to hold my gun? And that it's very, very possible that that was where the DNA came from. But why go through all this trouble of staging a homicide scene? Joe's ego is likely the biggest culprit. You have a person who loved being a cop and loved the persona that he created in the village of Fox Lake. And should he be charged with crimes for embezzlement, I think it would really hurt him. His pension may have also played a role. At the time of his death, Linowitz makes over $90,000 a year. Suicide would severely affect his family's benefits. If he was killed on the line of duty, his family would receive 100% of his pension. If he kills himself, he's still eligible for 75% of his pension. G.I. Joe's secret life rocks Fox Lake. My gosh, uh, G.I. Joe went from a hero to a criminal.
The signs once honoring the town's hero become objects of scorn. People destroying signs, writing loser and traitor. He was this most horrific person you could ever imagine. A couple days prior, he's the best person you've ever met in your life, you know? How, how can people do that? Some people kept the signs up just so that they could demonstrate that kind of anger, which I thought was extraordinary. It, it just showed the extent to which they, they felt that they had been had and they, that they had been duped. Conspiracy theories surrounding Joe's death still float around Fox Lake to this day. But many residents have made their peace. I knew Joe as a good guy, as a protector, as a man who led the Explorer program. That's the Joe I want to remember. I wish I could have just talked to him and asked him why. I wish we had more answers before he did what he did. That's, I think, what kind of makes us mad. He just kind of, like, left us. The legacy of Lieutenant Joe Glenowitz has left a permanent scar on this once quiet community. Anything now that happens in our town, oh, there's Fox Lake again on the news. That is what we're known for. I think you've got people that are embarrassed that they feel like they were had. And uh, boy, do I ever sympathize with those folks because they were had, they were completely deceived and betrayed. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.